as I was saying this morning, uh, love and compassion are, are really at the heart of our Vipassana practice. I remember there was some time um, quite a few years ago where um, when I was uh, just wondering, you know, it was kind of a, just a, a kind of a, a question that was just, I couldn't find an answer to. Uh, why is it that, that um, you know, a lot, a lot of us begin this practice because we're suffering. Um, there's, we have fear or anxiety or, or anger. Not everybody begins because of suffering. Uh, some people are just drawn to it for other reasons. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm especially, you know, thinking about people who begin meditation practice because we want to find a way out of suffering, which was certainly true for me. I had a lot of fear in my mind, you know, as a young woman. And um, and so uh, so this question was why is it that you know some people will um, will address their suffering with a practice you know or you know, try to find a way to to become free of it and 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 other people seem to just go on and on in it without really. Uh, Kind of seeking to escape that wheel of samsara. I remember asking a number of teachers this question, and um, uh, and nobody could really answer it. You know, it was like, oh, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe they haven't touched bottom yet. You know, like in twelve step program, you have to kind of touch the bottom. Um, be really, really suffering, and then you'll maybe move forward. But but I, it didn't really satisfy me because um, I, I felt well. You know, had, you know. It certainly seems that people, you know, who knows what the bottom is anyway, right? Uh, anyway, I, just thinking about it, I, I really think that love has something to do with it. Um, Either, either somehow uh, t- connecting with love for ourselves, or um, or knowing that we are loved, um, receiving that uh, from from a person, from God, a sense of God loving us. Um, uh, higher power whatever we may um, call that. So I think that um, that really love is in our motivation and continues in our motivation for practice, um, that we care about ourselves. Um, so... Um, we, we did a practice last night. Some of you may be very familiar with it, and others of you, um, perhaps it was a new practice for you, uh, called Metta, uh, Loving Kindness Practice. 
And, um, and this practice is uh, one of the four Brahma-viharas, or boundless states of heart. And we're chanting about the Brahma-viharas in the morning and in the evening. Um, so it, that's another way of taking in the teachings, is just to, uh, to repeat these ancient chants. Uh, they're translated, of course. Um, but these chants are very ancient. And, uh, and it's a way of taking in these teachings. Um, and, uh, and so, so these uh, boundless states of heart are love and compassion and uh, empathetic joy and equanimity. Uh, so metta is the Pali word for Pali, the ancient language from the time of the Buddha, for love, karuna, compassion, um, mudita, empathetic joy, and upeka, equanimity. And these are these are um, sometimes talked about as being the the awakened emotions. So there, these are uh, emotional qualities which you know are. Um, Arise from an awakened heart, a heart which is not uh, self-absorbed, reactive, um, uh, clinging, grasping, hating, deluded, and so on. So it doesn't mean that you know we need to be fully enlightened being in order to uh, experience these these awakened emotions. You know, we we do experience them. Um, they they arise in us they're, they're, uh, and we and we also can cultivate them so just as you know I was talking this morning about I think it was this morning or yesterday about how when we give attention to uh, afflictive emotions we're feeding them we're nourishing them with our thoughts with our attention so, so what do we want to nourish in our lives? You know, so, so we can nourish love. We can nourish compassion. We can nourish joy at the happiness and good fortune of others. And we can nourish equanimity. <clears throat> and, um, and that's actually, for, for many people... That's that's something that they didn't know, because a lot of people think that you know, well, if I if I if I feel love, then I feel it; it just happens, you know. Or if I feel compassion, it just happens, you know. I, I it just arises. I you know, I see something, I feel compassion. If I don't feel compassion, well, I don't, and it's not available to me. But that's but that's actually not. In accord with these, you know, this practice and teachings, that that we can bring it to mind, we can arouse it, we can we can connect with it and and nourish it. And 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 not only uh, do we do we cultivate these qualities because they're so. Uh, 
they're so beautiful and they're and they're they're so um, they're so much a part of an awakened view of life that we're deeply interconnected with all beings but but these um, these qualities of heart mind also have the um, uh, sort of the the characteristic or the quality that they um, that they they purify or they they mitigate uh, other states of mind which are painful like um, for example uh, ill will you know ill will is uh, you know we could think of ill will as you know just being judgmental or very critical of people a lot you know that we or or resentful that you know we're we uh, we don't really we don't really feel good about you know people in general you know I mean, we've probably heard people say things like you know I don't like people very much or something like that and um, and so so cultivating meta actually is a remedy or a um, an antidote to uh, to the state of mind which can be habitual of ill will. Um, so, so they're they're really uh, really you know these these qualities are really very wonderful and uh, and so it's it's important to give attention to them. So um, so love or metta is this quality of uh, wishing well to others. So it's easy to wish well to people that we like. And so so that's why when we do a practice, we, um, we begin with somebody we feel close to. Actually, um, we often in practice... Um, we begin with what's called a benefactor, somebody who's really been helpful to us. Um, and and I, I've kind of shortened it because I find it's, it, it's usually too long to fit into a practice period. So, so you know, I, I just work with, you know, ourselves, offering that to ourselves, to a close person, a neutral person, and a, a somebody we feel distant from. Um, a, a lot of a lot of us find it really hard to offer meta to ourselves um, because we have we hold so much judgment of ourselves. So, um, and uh, I used to experience that. Um, you know, I used to have this sense of well, I don't deserve to be happy. You know, I have to be perfect first, and then maybe maybe I'll deserve <laughs> to be happy. Um, and and it was quite a you know when I kind of recognized that that was my attitude that was that was really um, a bit of an awakening uh, for me. Uh, it was very very interesting, very helpful. Um, and um, and so uh, so this just this this quality of you know. So first of all, wishing ourselves well. This uh, this this practice of 
offering metta to ourselves, this attitude. Um, and, um, and then cultivating that and extending that to people we feel close to and, and then people we feel neutral about. So, so often that is uh, somebody we don't know very well. And in fact, that neutral person that that we, you know, we bring to mind in in meta practice stands in for like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of humanity, right? Uh, or maybe a few more nines, because we don't know most people. Um, and uh, and so so just you know recognizing that in the same way that we wish to be happy and well and others do as well and then and then bringing to mind a difficult person somebody somebody we feel distant from uh, and wishing them well also again affirming that we realize that they're also uh, a human being who wants to be happy and well so so in a way, um, in one way of understanding these, these uh, qualities of heart-mind, you know, we can say that you know, metta is a kind of a, you know, a wishing well to all beings. And then when we think of compassion, we think, well, when we love somebody and they're suffering, you know, we, we have compassion for them. We want them to be free from suffering. So the, the compassion is is really, um, you know, in that understanding of our shared, the shared heart, mind with all beings that we share this deep desire to be happy and at peace. And then we see somebody who's not. And so compassion, you know, arises or we awaken compassion. And then similarly, when we see somebody who's experiencing good fortune, um, you know, like uh, they're they're being successful, or they're 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 uh, they have a lot of love in their life, or whatever it is, that we can instead of being jealous, you know, instead of thinking, oh, there's not. You know they're happy, and there's less happiness to go around. Kind of, we, we think that way sometimes. You know, it's just, they have they have a lot of happiness, and there's less for me. Um, so it's really uh, a an antidote to that attitude of of jealousy and scarcity. Um, and so you know we we can rejoice with them, and and enjoy their happiness, feel happy for them, and. Um, and then equanimity is uh, this quality of of, uh, of heart mind that um, realizes that you know whether somebody is suffering or whether they are uh, very fortunate, it's not in my control. Um, you know, to control somebody's happiness or unhappiness. And that's um, the line in the in the at the bottom uh, of our chant, the last line of, of our chant. It says it so beautifully. You know, 
all beings of their are the owners of their action. You know, when they act upon attention, all beings are the owners of their action, and inherit inherit its results. So our future is born from the actions that we do with intention. Um, and um, and so, you know, that is actually a very wonderful teaching that that we have the capacity by developing a skillful heart, a skillful mind, skillful behaviors, um, these qualities of love and compassion and ethical behavior and so on, that we, uh, we're creating, we're planting the seeds in, in the present for our future. So it doesn't mean that we won't have difficult times doesn't mean that bad things, you know, what we see as bad won't happen, but it's how we can be with whatever unfolds in our lives, you know, whether we can be at peace, whether we can be, um, you know, accepting, open, and, um, and receive whatever's unfolding with, with a certain grace. Equanimity also arises um, from our practice uh, with, with wisdom. So as we develop wisdom and we see that, you know, there's nothing we can hold on to. Everything is arising and passing away. Um, you know, there's one, one moment, you know, great things are going on. The next moment, there's loss. And, and that we're not in control of that. That, um, uh, that life is just happening. And so, um, you know, gain and loss, uh, fame and disrepute, you know, these are the, these are the, the vicissitudes of life. Um, uh, pain and pleasure, you know, these are just coming and going. And, and we don't have, have control of what we're experiencing moment to moment. And so equanimity comes from really seeing deeply in our practice into impermanence. <coughs> and, um, you know, and, and releasing this kind of grasping after pleasant experiences and trying to escape and push away and distract ourselves from things that are are difficult. So um, so I'd like to focus in on compassion uh, a little bit. So compassion in the teachings is sometimes uh, described as a quivering of the heart in response to the suffering of another and I, I felt that that's you know very body it's a very body description I'm talking about uh, something that's really felt in the body um, so um, you know I, I have discovered that in you know in over the years that I've been meditating and and uh, you know there's more sensitivity in the body. 
that that these experiences of of love and compassion and equanimity and, and joy are, are, are felt very deeply in the body and and compassion is a uh, there's this quality of you know the the word compassion means to feel with to to uh, so the calm is with passion. So that we're, in in a way, feeling with the pain, suffering of another. But it's it's really important that we're not kind of falling into it. You know, we're not kind of, you know, sinking into their pain and sort of merging with them. That's where the equanimity, you know, balances us. You know, we're so these these really all work together. At, um, so we're, so we're recognizing that uh, you know although we we're, we can feel great compassion um, we don't need to you know kind of jump into the uh, the quicksand or the mud or whatever that they're struggling in um, but we can be present with them in uh, and 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 be you know I, I feel that the essence of compassion is this commitment that um, you know I care about this suffering and and I I will not turn away from it and so you know we can bring this commitment to someone who is very dear to us. And we can certainly also bring it to ourselves as we turn toward, you know, what's coming up in our heart, what's, you know, what's coming out of the woods as the mind becomes quiet. Um, sometimes there may be great joy and great love, and sometimes there may be also great pain that we've been turning away from for many, many years. So maybe I um, I can read the poem I was looking for this morning, uh, Rumi's poem, The Guest House, um, which has this beautiful image of welcoming uh, whatever arrives. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, thought, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, for each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So too, can we be grateful as we, you know, when we encounter self-judgment, it's like, wow, I'm seeing this, I'm really seeing it. And 
it's important to see it. Um, can we be grateful when we encounter um, the judgment of others, the grasping, the, the jealousy, and so on? So in, um, in the text on the four foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha talks about um, observing uh, experiences in the body and experiences of feelings and experiences in the mind, both internally and externally. And, um, and so... We, as we experience um, sensations in the body and uh, um, emotions in the body and, and feelings and compassion um, internally, we can we can come to know them. We can come to to recognize them. We can come to receive them. We come to receive them all as a part of our human being. And, and then we can also observe them externally. So observing them externally means that we can, we can become sensitive to what people might be experiencing in a moment. So when we see somebody who's, uh, who looks, um, broken in spirit or or who looks like they're beaming with joy you know we can take in of course we can never really know what another person is feeling and so we shouldn't presume that we do know but but we can observe that there are you know different states that that uh, other beings around us are experiencing, and that, and we can connect with them empathetically. And empathy is really um, a doorway to compassion. Um, it's you know when we when we are in tune with our own heart, we and we and we. <coughs> we have cultivated compassion for ourselves, um, we are much more attuned to others as well. And, uh, and, and we, we, it, we actually have a deeper compassion for others when we have opened our hearts with compassion for ourselves, caring for ourselves and, and, uh, and, 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 and attending our own suffering. Now there are lots of people I've heard say, you know, I find it easy to feel compassionate for others, but I have a hard time feeling compassion for myself. Have, have you ever heard people say that? Um, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard people say that a lot. And um, and I actually have come to. Uh, 
to think that um, we can have a certain amount of compassion for others without having compassion for ourselves. Um, but it's so it, it, our our capacity for compassion is so much deeper um, when we've opened our heart to to this suffering uh, of this being. Um, because <coughs> because um, if we're judging ourselves, you know, we're probably judging others also in the same way. You know, if we're if the critical mind is is criticizing ourselves, then probably it's criticizing others in the same way. Um, you know, we we're not so uh, kind of neatly organized that the habit of being critical and judgmental uh, just may go one way, you know, or go this way, or uh, and so, and it's the I think it's the same with compassion. I think that, and it's it's certainly been my experience that. Um, that as I've really uh, developed, you know, a lot of compassion for myself, which means acknowledging uh, the suffering and acknowledging the limitations and acknowledging the ways that, um, you know, I I can be bound by habits and react reactivity. And and uh, and being able to hold that in compassion and forgive myself, and um, uh, and recognize, you know, how that creates suffering for me. You know, when I do, you know, as I've done that, it's it's a deep acceptance of everything that I am, and um, and so that. That has really opened my heart to uh, to be able to forgive and be compassionate and accept um, people for who they are. You know, um, we're all imperfect beings. We're all beings who are trying to find happiness and and some sense of well-being and peace in the best way we know. Just one thing that um, you know I thought of recently. Uh, just it's just an experience to share with you, but it was it was uh, it was recent and it was quite touching. Um, I um, on 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 Remembrance Day, you know, when I can, I usually turn on the TV and I watch the ceremony. Um, it's not that I think war is some kind of romantic or uh, great thing, but I, I find you know I find seeing the faces of of the soldiers and their families um, quite quite uh, moving and touching, and um, and I and I was aware as I uh, 
as I watched the ceremony this year, uh, how deeply I felt um, what they had experienced, and uh, I mean, with it not knowing the specifics, but um, that they had experienced loss and trauma and uh, fear and violence and um, and uh, yeah, just just a lot of um, compassion came up, and it was it's a poignant. It's a poignant experience, and it's and it's um, a beautiful experience uh, to to have the sense of shared humanity. Um, sometimes when I'm uh, when I'm doing uh, a day long uh, with with people uh, in Montreal, and uh, we're focusing on compassion or or love, you know, I. I I've invited them to do some walking meditation outside. You know, there's a there's a park right across from where our studio is, where we where we practice, and um, you know, and and I say, you know, look look at the people around you. You know, look at an old person. Um, recognize that you know in their life they've experienced loss. They've experienced confusion. Uh, they've experienced aging and illness. You know, look at a child. You know, you can know that in their life, um, they they will experience uh, loss and confusion and challenges and difficulty. Um, they will sometimes feel very alone. It's it's. It's just human life. We can't. Nobody is protected from uh, the vicissitudes of life and the painful experiences. You know, look, look around, and uh, uh, even even at the animals. You know, the squirrels are gathering all their food and stuffing their nests. And there, I have a, a tree outside my front window in my house. And it's got a great big hole where there's always a family of squirrels uh, nesting there for the winter. And and then there are little squirrels that are born there in the spring. And they chew on my flowers. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's probably not easy being a squirrel in the winter. <laughs> it's, it's cold, you know, so... They may not suffer in the same way that we do, um, but they certainly experience pain. I don't know if they suffer. Uh, they probably do. I think my my dog suffers in some way. Um, so, uh, so open your heart to the life around you, and and let yourself be touched by joy, by love, by by uh, compassion, you know, seeing the pain and the suffering of others, and, and, and holding it with this quality of equanimity, <coughs> knowing that we can't fix it all. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't make um, everybody's life 
easy. Certainly can't make our own, uh, much less others. We can't remove the suffering, but we can be with it. We can learn to be with it, not in a way which is kind of stoic or or not in a way which is, you know, pitying, oh, you poor thing, but in a way which is, you know, open to that uh, experience of, you know, uh, of loss or of grief or of physical pain, and knowing that it, like all things, it comes and goes, um, learning to be with that and learning to be with those in uh, in compassion who are experiencing uh, suffering. So let's sit for a few minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.